discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. A warm evening to all of you. Thank you for joining me for this um, short service. It's a blessing to be coming your way once again. Um, I've, I've been sharing a few things with you and I want to continue um, briefly tonight. Let's start with a word of prayer and then we'll continue. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have to hear your word. Thank you that your word brings us comfort and inspires us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that we are encouraged through your word and your word proceeds with power and grace and love. Thank you that your word teaches us, teaches us what to do and grants us wisdom for life and for living this precious life that you have given to us to live. We are grateful, we are thankful for this opportunity. We receive your word with meekness and with gladness and with great joy, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I've been sharing with you on the work of a shepherd. I think this is part five, I think. The work of a shepherd, part five. And I've been sharing, I was sharing on feeding um, on, on Sunday. And this evening, I want to continue and conclude on a certain aspect with respect to feeding. And then pick it, I'll pick the same subject on, on Sunday and explain it even further for you. Because feeding is a major thing, you know, in the Bible. And if you read the Bible, you see it. In John chapter 21, verse 15, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than all these things? All these things of life. You know, Simon, after Jesus' death and resurrection, after his resurrection, Jesus showed himself to them. And Simon Peter went back to fishing. You know, and he was busy fishing when Jesus came. And when he said he was going fishing, seven, six other disciples decided to follow him. So they abandoned the work of the ministry, the work of shepherding, and went to do the work of fishing. Jesus had told him earlier that, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. He had left the fishing of men and was fishing fish. You know, so Jesus came to him just to strengthen him and confirm him once again and help him refocus on what he wants him to do. You know, so Jesus appeared to him and, and said to him, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Lovest thou me more than these, more than the things of this life? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my lambs. If you love me, then feed my lambs. This is so important to Jesus. He told him, if you love me, these are the final words of Jesus to Peter, you know, who was described as the first pope of the church. Yes. If you love me, then feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. My lambs are the, the lambs are the small ones, the new ones, those who just came, those who just got born again. And on Sunday, I spoke about the lambs. 
teaching people as a shepherd, you have a job of teaching people the basic, the basics of Christianity, helping them find scriptures in the Bible, how to turn to the scriptures and all of that. I said so many beautiful things about um, um, feeding the lambs, you know. Then the next verse, look at the next verse, 16. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. If you love me, then feed my sheep. Jesus said, if, didn't say, If you love me, kneel down when they are doing worship in church. No, he said, If you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Then he asked him a third time. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time. You know, asking something three times means something. Yes, Jesus asked him three times to let him know how important it was to him. Okay? There are very few people who were called twice in the Bible. Yes, Abraham was called twice by God. Abraham, Abraham. Someone was called twice by God. Someone, someone. Okay? Very few people are called like that. But in this particular um, case, God, Jesus, who is God, mentioned this three times. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter settled. Jesus was trying to settle this matter uh, for Peter. That this is so important to me. If you love me, then feed my sheep. So he asked him the third time. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus, Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. If you love me, then feed my sheep. This is so important to Jesus Christ. So important to Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, we see Paul also talking to um, the, his disciples um, in, a, in a very important... This was, this was Paul's last meeting with this group of people. Okay? He was in a place called uh, Melitum, and he called for the elders which were in Ephesus. You can look at it. I think you, you'll find it in um, verse 17. It says, And from Melitus, you know, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. So he called the elders of the church and had a meeting with them. And as he, he spoke to them, he spoke for a long time, said so many things to them, you know, because this was his last meeting with them. And the final thing he said was, is found in Acts twenty twenty eight. He said to them, Take ye therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over that which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. The flock is the flock of God. Okay? Take it unto yourselves and to the other flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. He purchased the church of God, which is a sheep, with his own blood, and he says that we must feed them. We must what? Feed them. Feed them. So it's important to Jesus. It's important to Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 45. Matthew 24, 45. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household? He makes, he makes him as rulers over his household for one purpose, to give them meat in due season. To give them food in due season. Look at the next verse, verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Shall find so doing. Find doing what? Find feeding his sheep. Next verse, verse 47. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. So it is in feeding the sheep of God, the sheep of God's pasture, 
that gives you, um, makes you ruler over all his goods. Okay, look at verse 45 once again. Let's read the Amplified. Uh, who then is a faithful, thoughtful, and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give to the others the food and supplies at the proper time? Food and supplies at the proper time. Well, feeding is important to the Lord. Feeding his sheep is important to him. It's very, very important to him. You see, so important to him. Look at Micah. I want to show you so many scriptures just to let you know how important this particular thing is. Micah chapter 7, verse 14. Micah 7, 14. Feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage, which dwells solitarily in the wood, in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead, as in the days of old. Feed thy people with thy rod. Feed thy, the rod of God is given to you as a shepherd to feed. You see, yes, to feed, to feed. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. For what purpose? So that I can feed in green pastures. The pasture must be green all the time, all the time. Feed the flock of God which is among you. First Peter chapter 5, verse, verse 1. Look at First Peter 5, verse 1. The others which are among you are exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy look but of a ready mind. Feed the flock of God. Neither has been lost over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So there's a crown for all those who feed the flock of God. So decide to feed the flock of God. Because you are a shepherd. And one of the main things, if not the main thing, is to feed the flock of God, which is amongst us. Hallelujah. So it matters to God. It matters to God. And what matters to God must matter to you. If you're a child of God, remember we are called to look like Jesus. Jesus is a shepherd. Therefore, you're also called to be, like, be a shepherd. Jesus was a, was, a, was a feeding shepherd. He says, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. If you love me, feed my sheep. That's what he wants you to do. Okay? So feeding is important to the Lord. It's very important to the Lord. Without it, a lot of things will not be accomplished. It is the means by which God accomplishes his dream in his children. Feeding is a means by which God accomplishes his, his, his dream in his children and amongst his people. Shepherding is God's means of, of bringing his... Uh, economy or his administration into his children's lives. Do you see? So it's so important. On Sunday, I was telling you how that when we are born again, we are born again as babes. We are born again as, as babes and we must, we must grow. And we grow only through the word of God. First Peter chapter 1, First Peter chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. This is the, it's the only way of growing. We are all born again as babes. That's the truth. We are born again as babies in the kingdom of God. And we are expected to grow. No more prolonged infancies, please. Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 4 verse 14. God doesn't want us to have prolonged infancy. Okay? He doesn't want us to be children forever. He wants us to grow. 
message version, Ephesians 4.14 message. It says, no more, no prolonged infancies among us, please. We will not tolerate babies, babies or babes in the woods. Small children who are an easy mark for imposters. An easy mark for imposters. You see, God expects you to grow. He expects all his children to grow. The born-again experience is just the beginning of the whole show. It's just the entrance. We are in a room. If you come, if you are coming to this room and you enter the, the door and you stay at the door, you will never enjoy the blessings of the room. The, the blessings is not in the door. The door is the entrance to a room. Salvation is the entrance to a room. Do you see? And your growth in Christ is so important. It's very, very important. And the, way you, the only way you can grow, the only way children of God grow is through the Word. So it's desire the sincere milk of the Word so that you may grow thereby. Without it, you cannot grow. Without it, you cannot grow. We are born as babes, like I was saying. You know, in this particular verse, the word babes is brephos. B-R-A-P-H-O-S. Brephos. Okay? The, the, the word newborn is an interesting word. Let me, let me just mention it for you. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It's antigenetos. Eh? Antigenetos. It means just born. Just born. Newborn. Freshly born. Freshly born babe. You just came. The way for you to go is through taking the milk of God's word. You see, through the breast milk of God's word. It's important. But you can't stay on breast milk forever. You must be fed with higher things. There's the meat of God's word. You see, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 1, you see Paul talking to the Corinthian church. He's not so happy with them because they were not growing as we were supposed to. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He says, I could not talk to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And the word babes here is nepios, not brephos. You see, that's a Greek word, nepios. And nepios is, you see, it's uh, a child who has refused to grow. Yes, that's what it means. A child who has refused to grow. Mm, nepios. It's actually part of the growth process. Okay? It's a growth stage. And nepios is, is part of the growth, growth stages. But God is not expecting you to remain an infant forever. So Paul says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto, as unto carnal, even as unto babes, nephews, refusing to grow in Christ. Next verse. This says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. So there's the meat of God's word and there's the milk of God's word. I have fed you with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, either yet now are you able. You see, he says you could not bear meat. When I give you meat, you spill it out because it's not, you can't chew, you, don't, you are not developing teeth. God is expecting you to develop teeth in Christ as time goes on, to be able to munch on every single thing that is given to you. There's no message that is too high for you. There's no information or revelation that, is, that, that you don't understand. You can understand all things. You see, the Bible says that in understanding, we should be men, but in foolishness and in evil and in maliciousness, we should be children. Don't be, a, don't be an adult in evil and be an infant or an appeals in, in, uh, in understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it? In malice, be ye children. But in understanding, be men. He says, don't be children in understanding. So God is expecting you to increase in understanding. 
How does that happen? Through feeding. He says, I'll give you shepherds or pastors after my own heart. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Who shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding. They'll feed you with knowledge and with understanding. So the more you allow yourself to be fed the word of God, the more knowledge you receive. And the more you allow yourself to be fed, the more understanding you receive. And understanding is the means by which you grow. When the soil went out to sow, the, the ones that were, the seeds that fell by the wayside were taken by the fowls of the air, and the fowls of the air represented the devil. The devil took it, took the seed away from their heart, just because they didn't understand. They didn't have understanding. So understanding is very important. Seeking to understand God's word is very, very important. You need to have understanding. Do you see? You need to have understanding concerning the scriptures. The one who understood is the one who bore fruits 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. That is why I try to make the word of God as simple as possible for you to have an understanding. For you to have understanding. It's so important. It's so important to the Lord. So we are born again as new, new ba- as babes, but then we are expected to grow and expected to have understanding about more complex things as time goes on. You see, there's the meat of God's word, and then there's a the strong meat of God's word. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Paul was not happy with this group as well. He says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. These guys were not growing as they were supposed to. So he says, you guys, it's like I have to teach you again. He was talking about Melchizedek. If you read from verse 10, you see it. He was talking about Melchizedek, okay? The Jesus' priestly ministry after the order of Melchizedek. And they couldn't understand it. He said, I have many things to say about this man. Uh, Hebrews 5, verse 10. Look at Hebrews 5, verse 10. Of called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. You are dull. It's like you're not interested. You are dull of hearing. And what was the problem? The problem was because, you see, they were supposed to become teachers at that time. So the next is, for when for the time you ought, you are dull of hearing because, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which will be the first principle of the records of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Then it says, for strong meat. Look at the next verse. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. He's what? A babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. So God is expecting you to come to full age. Look at the Amplified. Can you imagine? God has expectations of, of you. God has expectations of every child of God, all his children, that you will not remain a child. You will not remain a child. Compassed about with foolishness all the time. But you are growing in wisdom and growing in understanding and growing in knowledge. But solid food is for full-grown men. For those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. God is expecting you to grow, basically. The more of the word of God you allow to come to you, or the more of the word of God you receive, the more you grow. The more you give the word of God out to those who are your sheep, the more they grow. They change from being infants. Let me show you some of the growth process, the various growth stages, okay? Yes, and uh, on Sunday, I'll do well to show you what can be fed at different times, on different levels, okay? So from before, from newborn, from a newborn babe, the next thing, that's from before, the next one is Pideon. That's found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 13. Pideon is spelled 
P-A-I-D-I-O-N, Pideon. Okay? So you see this verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 13. It says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have, you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father. The word little children is Pideon. Okay? Pideon. Which means one who is growing a, 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 a toddler. That's what he's talking about, a toddler. And these toddlers have, there's a consciousness they have. They have the consciousness of the Father. They are now, they, they, they are now conscious of the fatherhood of God. Our, our cell, uh, our love center message for this week is awakening to the fatherhood of God. You see, you must awaken to the fatherhood of God. Awakening to the fatherhood of God means that you are now developing. You are developing. If you, you, if you understand that God is your father and that God is not looking for you to kill you or to destroy you, there are a lot of Christians who think that God is going to destroy them. They feel that if they trust God, God will lead them. I mean, you can have someone praying for a husband, okay? And you, you can tell the person, pray for the perfect will of God. And as the person is praying for the perfect will of God concerning a husband, in her mind, she thinks that if she leaves it to God, for God to make that decision for him. God will give him somebody whose nose is here. Or someone who, who is not attractive. Someone who is short because you want a tall person. I, I don't know if you get it. Uh, you see, you, you don't trust God. You don't trust your father. Because you don't think that he, he is good enough. All the problems of this world, especially those ones that Christians face, it's faced because they don't think that God is good enough. They, are, they suspect God. So a pideon is one who has stopped suspecting God. <laughs> yes. You, you have to be awakened to the love of the Father. It's called the love of the Father. Hmm? Because you have known the Father. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse, verse 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abided in you and you have become the wicked one. Next verse. Then it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. There's something called the love of the father. Understanding the love that the father has for you is what cures you from loving the world. All Christians who love the world are Christians who have not yet understood the, the fatherhood of God and the love of the Father. So at this level, you feed with knowledge concerning the love of the Father, how good the Father is. Jesus said that if you being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. If your child asks for bread and you not give him a stone, if he asks for fish and you not give him a snake, if he asks for uh, 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 all those things and you not give him something else, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven? Eh? Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So the father gives good things. You must awaken to his, the fatherhood of God. All, all those who are like this, all those who are on this level, all those who are growing, when you realize that someone is growing, okay, is receiving the word of God, is becoming interested in the word of God, you must start feeding him concerning the love of the father. Yes, for the person to be awakened to the fatherhood of God. God does not hate you. You see, that settles you. You are not suspecting God. You don't have any suspicions of God being... You are, you are ready to abandon yourself to the will of God because His will can never be evil for you. 
He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. See the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse, verse, verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Mm? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. See the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. To give you an expected end. Another version says to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. So people need to be fed along these lines. With the, with the word of God. The pure and adulterated word of God. God is love. He's thoroughly good. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above. And it comes from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. God is not wicked. That's in James, James chapter 1. God is not wicked. There's no shadow of turning. There's no shadow of doubt concerning his love for us. There's no shadow of doubt. John 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Our Father is called the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's no variableness. What he has done for one, he will do for another. Let's read the Amplified to help us even some more. Every good gift and every perfect free large full gift is from above. Free large full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light, in the shining of whom there can, no, there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning, as in us in an eclipse. There's no shadow of turning in God. Yes, God is thoroughly good. And you need to understand that. If you don't understand that, you, you have a tipsy-topsy, tipsy-turvy type of relationship with the Lord. Up and down type of relationship with God. When something happens to you, you will say, it's because God wanted this to happen to me. That is why it has happened to you. Who told you God wants bad things to happen to you? A lot of Christians believe in that. Yes. The Bible says that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All those who love him have all things working together for their good. God is not wicked. Understand that. You see, so there's, there are levels, about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about eight of them. From Pideon, you go to Nepios. It's also a stage where, where you are learning how to talk. Mm, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Paul said, when I was a child, <laughs> so First uh, Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. All the words used as child here is the word nepuse. You see? Yes. That is when a child is learning how to talk. How to talk. So at this level, we must feed you with information concerning, you must feed with information concerning how to talk along the lines of God's word. This is, all these things are very important. You see, yes. When you're in pain, what do you say? You say, this pain is going to kill me. No, you don't talk like that. It's going to kill you, to kill you. You just signed a, a receipt for your death. Why are you talking like that? As for me, I don't know if I'll ever be, I'll ever be rich in my life. Christian, child of God. You see, all those who talk like that, talk like that because they've not been trained. He says, when I was a child, I speak as a child. He says, I speak, I spoke before I understood, before I thought. You have it all turned out, all turned out around. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. No. In, in, in life, as you are growing, you think, understand, before you talk. That is why adults take time to talk. They don't just talk. They take time to talk. 
when they are talking about something, they look, they think about the consequences of what they are going to say before they say it. That is a real adult. They are adults who have lost, you understand, they have left their brains at home and they talk like children. They talk anyhow. It's, a, it's only a child who can, I mean, I remember years ago, one of my nieces, okay, had her mother, this, this is a true story, her mother was uh, owing someone, okay, and the person came to come and take the money. And the mother was in the room and told the baby, the child, that go and tell the woman that I am not around, that I have gone for a funeral. So the child went out. She's a young girl. She went out, about six, seven years old. She went out and said to the woman that, my mother says that I should tell you that. <laughs> She's not around and that she has gone for, she didn't even say the funeral, she said funeral. She has gone for a funeral. Hey! I mean, clearly... Mother, mommy is inside. You see, she didn't understand what was going on. She didn't understand what the mother was trying to communicate. That, I mean, help me lie. <laughs> That's a bad thing eh, to teach a child. But she went out and then she went, she went to say, my mother says, I was like, my mother is around. And she said, I should come and tell you that. She's not around. She has gone for a funeral. Yes. You talk before you understand, before you think. But it's supposed to be thinking, understanding before you talk. So when you're growing the Lord and you're on this level, you think. You must be taught how to think on the word, understand the word before you talk. You don't just talk. Do you see? You don't just talk. It's, it's a level in, it's a level in, in growth. Go to, go to, you're unable to talk spiritually. You must learn. It's a, there's a spiritual language. There's a spiritual language. Okay? And your maturity is based on that. Look at James. James chapter 3. James chapter 3, let's read from verse 3. Wow. Let's read 2. James 3, 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. The word perfect is teleos. One that is fully matured. Do you see? It's a perfect man. One who is fully matured. And able also to bridle the whole, bridle the whole body. I mean, your mouth, your mouth, this, your mouth and your tongue controls your whole body and your whole life. And so this is the time when you, are, you must be educated. One must be fed along these lines. You feed along these lines. And the person gains understanding along these lines. And if you gain understanding along this line, you, you will do very well spiritually. Very, very well. You don't say your feelings. You say what the word of God says. You don't communicate your feeling. You communicate the word. You may not have money in your pocket, but you say, I'm rich. Why? Because you know that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You're not going all around, Charlie, I don't, I don't have money. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I don't know what's happening. No, there's supply. You believe in supply. So you speak supply. Yes. He says, let the weak say I am strong and let the poor say I am rich. Can you imagine? Let the one who is poor say that I am rich and let the one who is weak say I am strong. He is feeling weak, but he says, let him say I am strong. He is poor, but he says, let him say I am rich. It's a language of the spirit where you speak the word and not your feelings. You speak the word and not your thoughts. You speak the word and not your circumstances. You speak the word of God. Hebrews 5, we just read 12. Let's read 13. 
okay, in the Amplified. It says, for everyone who continues to feed on milk. So you're expected to have left milk by now. There's a level where your speech, you may not talk about your speech much because you're a baby. You are now learning to how to talk. It says, for everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and, and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thoughts, and action. Have you seen it? Conformity to the divine will in purpose, thoughts, and action. For he's a mere infant, not able to talk yet. He's a mere infant, not able to talk yet. Not able to talk yet. So there's a time when you're unable to talk yet, but there's a time when you must learn, you must educate, you must be educated along the lines of how to talk spiritually. When you start learning about authority in Christ, you know that your words, your authority comes from your words. And so you don't, you don't use words anyhow. You don't use words anyhow. Bob Jones, Prophet Bob Jones of Blessed Memory, was talking about something that happened many years ago and how God dealt with him. You know, he's a great man of authority, a prophet of God. And one day, he had a very powerful meeting somewhere. You know, and after the meeting, he was, he was in, in an office and they were talking. And another man of God walked in, you know, and said something about another man of God that he had said concerning him, Bob Jones. You know, the man, the man had said that, oh, this other pastor said that your ministry, like, you don't do this, you don't do that. And then Bob Jones said, that is why he's not going anywhere. You see, that is why he's not going anywhere. And when he said that, God told him that, you're a man of authority, you have released words to hurt my child. You have released words to hurt my child. It doesn't matter what he said about you, but why are you saying this? He didn't say it even in front of the person. He said it in a corner somewhere. When he spoke, he saw a revelation that his words were hurting the man and was going to hurt the man. So the words he spoke, he said something, it was five words or six words, and God told him that you are going to have a problem because of what you said. Just so that you learn how to use authority through your, your words, you are going to have a problem with illness. And he was ill for about six months or so. Yes, because of what he said. So that he can learn not to use his words wrongly. He can learn not to use the word of God wrongly, or the, the words that have been placed into his mouth wrongly. You don't say bad things about people. Do you understand? Yes. Because at this level, when you, are, when you are growing, you are on the pure level, you are supposed to learn how to talk. Learn how to talk. Learn how to talk. Jesus said that, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. This is when you start learning about faith, proper, proper. Faith. That's in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Mark eleven twenty-three. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. You see, he uses say four times. Whosoever shall say one, one unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, number two, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Three times. He uses the word say. Your words. You see, because your whole salvation is based on your mouth. Salvation is based on your words. So you need, we need to be fed along this line. You need to feed. As a shepherd, you need to feed God's children along this line. Yes. When you realize that they are growing, this is one of the major things that you need to teach, that you need to share. What I'm sharing with you is very important. As a shepherd, you should know it. And you should use it. Okay? Major things. One of the major things you need to share. The power of words. And where, how important words are. What words can do. Our healing is through the word. He sent forth his word and healed. 
The word of God is the most important thing in the whole world. The most important, everything came out of the word of God. And if, if, you, if, you, if you say something else apart from the word of God, you are causing problems for yourself. You may be a shepherd and not know what I'm saying. You may, you may be using words anyhow. It's going to be a problem. You see, whatever he shall say, he shall have. Whatsoever he saith. You will have what you say. You will have what you say. Proverbs 18.21. Look at Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So life, if you enjoy life, is in your tongue. If you enjoy death, it's in your tongue. Yes. It's all in your tongue. It's all in your tongue. 1 Peter chapter 3. It's all over in the Bible. What God said he wanted to see was what he had. First hmm? Peter chapter 3. Look at um, verse, verse 9. Oh, it's so nice. Not, re- not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Like someone insults you, also insulting back. Okay? Yes. Contrarywise, blessing. The person is cursing you and you are blessing the person. Why? Because you know who you are. You are, you are more matured. So you bless. You don't curse. James said, how can salt and fresh water come from the same fountain? You shouldn't, your mouth is the fountain that you have for life. It shouldn't have salt inside and a fresh water that has no. It's not supposed to be like that. You speak God's word. Your words, your words matter. Now you understand the importance of words. You don't just use words. You know that everything in the Holy Spirit is controlled by words. And so we are careful how you talk about people, how you talk about yourself, because your life is controlled by your words. Hmm? Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that you are there unto called, that you should inherit a blessing. You are called to inherit a blessing. So you shouldn't speak a curse or else you, you, you inherit a curse. Amazing. Look at the next verse. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. And his lips that they speak no guile. Have you seen it? The one who see who will love life and seek good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Your lips must speak holy blessings. It's a feeding. It's a feeding program that God has. Yes, you must learn to talk in the spirit. Talk in a spiritual way. Yes. Yes. Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. What were the childish things? Talking before understanding before thinking. That's back, that's in First uh, Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I speak as a child, I speak, I, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, growing in Christ has to do with putting away childish things. Eh? The word childish there is nepios. Childish things. Not talking right. Not talking right. Speaking in line with the word of God. Speaking in line with the word of God. Talking in line with the word of God. Never saying any, any negative thing. The Lord is my supplier. I'm rich. The glory of God is resting upon my life. It may not be looking good, but the glory of God is resting upon my life. I will never go down. I will keep going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. The blessing of God is resting upon me. I see glory all around me in the name of the Lord Jesus. You talk right. It's not just a confession in church. It's a lifestyle. It becomes a lifestyle. It's a part of you because you understand this particular teaching, you understand the fact that death and life are in the power of your tongue. Jesus said that by your words, you shall be justified. 
and by your words you shall be condemned. Christians who are condemned in life and are experiencing bad things in life are having that happen because of the way they talk. I don't know how my life is going to be. I don't know what is going to happen to me. This business I'm even doing, I don't know whether it will work. You are being condemned. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. For by your words thou shalt be justified, and by the word, your words you shall be condemned. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in your heart is what your mouth says. It's a feeding program. You need to be fed, and you need to feed others. You need to feed the children of God about these things. Wow. Yes. The one who is uncondemned, who's, who speaks right, is matured. Your maturity is dependent on your words. Remember, like I said, our salvation is based on what we say. You see, you can, be, you can, you can believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and believe that he died and believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. All that does not lead you to salvation. What leads you to salvation is your confession of all that I've said. Your confession is what catapults you into salvation, not your belief. Your believing leads you to righteousness. But your confession is what leads you into salvation. That's in, in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, it's your mouth, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Not believe, you not believe only, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Look at the next day. Then he explains this. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You believe the lordship of Jesus and that God raised him from the dead unto righteousness. And you confess with your mouth that same thing, that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead by, by God. And that catapults you for with the, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto. Confession is made unto salvation so confession is what leads you into experience practical experience of anything that God gives to you what what seeth it but what seeth it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart if the word is not in your mouth it will not be in your heart eh? that's in verse 8 but what seeth it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth it's in your mouth first of all before in your heart so we can catch you. We can catch what is going on in your heart by hearing what you are saying as a child of God. When you talk, we know we can place you. We know whether you are growing or you are not growing. As a shepherd, you should know and help God's children. Develop them. Teach them. Like I'm teaching you now. You need to start talking right because your confessions rule you. You can never rise above your words. You can never rise above your words. The Bible says that God has exalted his word above all his necessary, above all his names. You see, yes. He has exalted his word. That's in Job. He has exalted his word above all his necessary, all his names. His word is above, he, he himself is bound by his word. God is bound by his word. God is bound by his word. Hallelujah. So, an understanding along these lines. It's a feeding. It's a feeding program. It's a feeding program. And as you're fed, you keep growing and growing and growing. Hallelujah. Yes, it's actually Psalm. Psalm 138 verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. 
Job said, thy word have I exalted above all my necessary food. That's what Job said. Job, rather, Job, Job also mentioned this particular thing and said that he has also exalted the word above all his necessary food, above all his, all his life. So that's in Job chapter 23, verse 12. It says, Neither have I gone back from thy command, for the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It says that the word of God has been, I've esteemed it more than my necessary No wonder Job was a prosperous man. And Job never cursed God. He never used words that will curse God. Never. They advised him to curse God and die. But he never did. Because he knew how important words were. You see. Yes. God has magnified his word above all his name. So you must speak God's word. That's the, that's the only creative thing in life. It's your word that is brought to pass around you. You keep saying bad things, bad things will keep happening to you. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bring it for good things. If you want good things to happen to you, bring forth good things out of your heart. How? Through your words. Through your words. I will never go down. I keep going higher and higher and higher and higher. I'm developing. I'm running with the power of God. Going forward every single day of my life. It's a feeding program. so nice. The next level is Technion. Technion. Technion, T-E-K-N-I-O-N, Technion, Technion. That's found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Technion, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. There are so many of them. You have Nianiscos, then you have Heos, uh, uh, and then you have Pater. Okay? Heos is a son of God. Nianiscos is a young man in Christ, and then Pater is a father. In Christ. And on, on all these levels, there, there's a particular knowledge that dominates, that must be brought to God's children. You see, that must be brought to God's children. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So uh, uh, in, on this particular level, you are dealing with children who are now, there's, there's tech non, and then there's tech neon. Okay? Tech non is T E K N O N. And those are uh, everyone who's born of God. Technon means one who's born of God. That's found in Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. No, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, rather. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness to the Spirit that we are the children of God. The word children here is technon, not technion. This is technon. And what, it mean, what this means is that we are, we are begotten of God, to be begotten of God. That's what it means. But then there's another one, which is found in 1 John 2, 1, which has to do with a stage in your growth, a stage in your development. My little children, this word children here is technion, T-E-K-N-I-O-N. And those are the ones who are learning how to live above sin. Okay? Learning how to live above sin. So there's, there's a knowledge concerning righteousness, consciousness, that must be given to you along this line, or around this time. Hallelujah. Special teachings on righteousness, consciousness. The fact that Christ has made your righteousness. So he tells them, he says, my literature, these things write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate of the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is, and he's a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, so at this level, you have to start feeding with the consciousness of righteousness. Righteousness, consciousness. And there are teachings that we have on, along these lines. Righteousness, consciousness. You must be fed and you must feed as a shepherd 
As a, as a shepherd, you must feed on these things. And then you must also feed others. Do you see? Righteousness, consciousness. Learning that Jesus is your righteousness. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all points, yet without sin. The one who was tempted in all points, that's in, Roman, that's in Hebrews, chapter, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Look at Hebrews 4, 13. Wow. You like what I'm sharing with you? For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus had feelings. And he knows what we are going through. That temptation that you are having. Yes. That temptation to smoke the weed. That temptation to sleep with a girl. Or to uh, uh, get in touch with that big man. Or to steal. Or to cheat. Or to do all those things. Is all the feelings you are having are feelings Jesus had. Same feelings. He says that he was... He, he cannot be touched. We, are not, we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was, on, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The one who was tempted in all points like as we are and understands what we go through when we are in temptation. Okay, go, go to Hebrews chapter 2. Um, let's read. Which verse do you like? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read verse verse 13. Let's read from verse 16. It's, it's nicer. For verily, he took not on him the nature of angels. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus did not take on the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to succor or help them that are tempted. He himself was suffered temptation. He suffered, he has suffered temptation. And, and hence is able to help, the word succor is help, them that are tempted. Jesus himself went through what you are going through. So he can help you at the point of your need. Hallelujah. He was tempted in all points, and yet he didn't do the thing. He didn't do anything wrong. So you too, he can help you. He went through that so that he can help you. At the point, at the critical point of your need. So that's in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. But let's read from verse 13 to 14, so I understand it. I don't know if I'm helping you. Righteousness, consciousness. Knowing that Jesus is now your righteousness. The one who was tempted in all points and yet without sin is your righteousness. So even if you did something wrong, you should remember that God is seeing you through Christ. Do you see? First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. For of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us mm, wisdom and righteousness. So Jesus is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom and Jesus is our righteousness. Our righteousness is a person. His name is Jesus. So when you do something wrong, okay, and the devil is accusing you and criticizing you and condemning you and doing all of that, point to Jesus and say, hey, my righteousness is Jesus Christ. He was tempted in all points and yet without sin. He is my righteousness. Hallelujah. <laughs> we teach righteousness consciousness. A good understanding of righteousness. There's a doctrine of righteousness. Everything, the whole Bible is, 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 is the doctrine of righteousness. How God could not sit and watch man die. And man perish. Eternally. So he stepped in. As Jesus. He came. As a word. That took on flesh. He was given the name Jesus so that he can save us and help us stand for God. Hallelujah. So Jesus is your helper. Yeah. These, are the, these are those who are trying to 
you are trying to get out of the realm of sin and stay in righteousness with God and hence must be educated along those lines. Do you see? So beautiful. Yes, so beautiful. Then as you stand in righteousness, you go to the next level, which is Nianeskos, young men. Young men. Yes. It's one of the things about righteousness. There are three levels of righteousness. There's righteousness as a gift, righteousness as a person, and righteousness as uh, a, a deed. Okay? Or righteousness as a representative of God. These are three levels. When you become born again, you are given the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Okay? Look at Romans 5, 17. It's nice. I mean, feeding. It's a feeding program. You must feed on these things until you understand it for yourself. For if, anyone, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. There's a gift of righteousness. It says they shall reign in life by one, Christ, Jesus Christ. There's a gift. So righteousness is given to you as a gift. You are no more condemned because of Jesus and his work. So righteousness is given to you as a gift. You are declared not guilty and now you are given, you are declared, you are declared not guilty even though you were guilty. Jesus came to take away the guilt and take away the condemnation and be destroyed and killed in your stead. Because he took the punishment, you had to die, but then because he took the punishment, you are now free. So now you are a free man. Not having any problem with Jesus, not having any problem with God. You are not condemned before God. It's a gift that is given to you. It's a nature that is communicated to you. Do you see? Then there's the next level where Jesus is your righteousness. If the gift of righteousness fails, because you may do something, if you do something wrong, and the devil is condemning you, remember that your righteousness is not only a gift, it's also a person. And who is that person? He was tempted, his name is Jesus Christ, he was tempted in all points and did not do anything wrong. You have been tempted and have fallen. And the devil is condemning you. But remember that Jesus is your righteousness. Then the third level is righteousness, the righteousness of God. Which is, which is the nature of God that you have been made into. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I don't know if I'm talking too much. I hope I'm, I hope I'm helping you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, For he has made him to be sin. He made Jesus to be the very embodiment of sin. Who knew no sin? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We might be made the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is God's inability to be wrong. If God said you were a tree, you become a tree. Because God cannot lie. God says you are a tree. Immediately you are turning into a tree because he cannot lie. It is, the de- it is the character of God to not lie. The devil is the father of lies. One of the ways of telling if someone is influenced by demons is checking the person is a liar. The frequency of the lies shows how deep the person is in, say, in, in the devil, in the things of the devil. Yes, when you can lie easily. Because the devil is the father of lies. Yes, he's the father of lies and lies. Hey. Yes. And God is the father of truth and light. Do you see? Yes. So righteousness, the righteousness of God, that has to do with displaying God, demonstrating God wherever you go. And that's what God has called you for. God called you to demonstrate him, not to sin. He called you to demonstrate him. If you do something wrong, and you are being condemned, and your, 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 the righteousness of, of God, the, the gift of righteousness is being challenged. He says that Jesus is your righteousness. Remember that Jesus is your righteousness so that you can display Him wherever you go. I don't know if you get it. These are the three levels of righteousness. 
and the two, the first two are there so that you can do the last one, which is the main reason why you were, you are a child of God. You are a child of God to display God. First Peter chapter one, first Peter chapter two, verse nine, first Peter two, verse nine. So this is, it's a knowledge, it's a, it's, it's a feeding program. You must be fed with this kind of understanding and you must feed with this kind of understanding. But the chosen generation, a royal priest to the holy nation, a peculiar people, for what purpose? That you should show for the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amplify. Look at Amplify. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. For what purpose? Why did he choose you and make you so special? So that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is why God called you. This is why God chose you. So that you can display his wonderful deeds on earth and display his virtues, his excellence and perfections, his character, his, his humility. So this is where you start teaching people on the character of God and the character of the Spirit. Do you see? The, the, the fruits of the, the fruits that you bear as a result of the influence of God on your spirit. There's the fruits of the recreated human spirit and includes love because love is the nature of God. The Bible says that God is love. This is the only way God is described. This is the only thing that describes and defines God, love. God is, not, he's not a lover, he is love. So the, the fruit of the spirit is love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the recreated human spirit as a result of the influence of the Holy Ghost upon the spirit. It's love. The whole thing, the whole fruit, is one fruit, love. And out of that fruit proceeds joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Next verse. Meekness, temperance. Then it says, against such there is no law. So when, when you are growing as a child, you must be thought on these things. That if you are growing, these are the things that show forth in your life. Humility. Pride is not from God. The Bible says that God resists the proud. The only thing that makes God resist his children, the only time God resists his children is when they are proud. So pride is a very dangerous thing. You can't say you are growing the Lord and you are like this. You can't be corrected. You can't be spoken to. You can't be helped. You can't be, you can't be, you can't be rebuked. You cannot be rebuked. When they rebuke you, whoever rebukes you is finished. You don't come close to the person again. You leave the church because you were rebuked. You did something wrong, they rebuked you and you say you are living. You are not humble. You, are, you say you are growing the Lord, but you are actually not growing right. You are growing in pride and not... And pride, pride is the way that... Pride cometh before a fall. Do you see? It cometh before a fall. It goeth before a fall. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. It says, pride goeth before destruction. You see, so when, when you are going to be destroyed, it starts off with pride. Pride goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride leads to destruction straight up. Straight up. And leads to a fall. If you are growing, you grow in love. You grow in humility. In humility. In humility. In humility. Wow. Yes, it says everybody should be subject. First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Go to, go to verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. You see, if you're a child of God, you must submit yourself 
unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. The way to receive more grace is by going down, by becoming more and more humble. A humble person doesn't talk like he's mad. He speaks the word of God. He does not talk more highly and think more highly than he ought to think. Real Christian, you are humble. You are low. You are not proud. You don't treat people like rags. You don't treat people like they are nothing. You don't treat people like they are... You are in the, we are in the house of God and you are treating people like they are nothing because you are, you are a shepherd and they are sheep. God will... You will be deposted. <laughs> you will be removed. God will remove you. God will fire you before you even start. Yeah. So you learn these things. You learn these things as a technion. You see, you learn these things as a technion to stand in righteousness. Yes, to stand in righteousness. To stand in righteousness, to demonstrate God. God is humble. Can you imagine how God is dealing with you in humility, even though you are not so good? He's still dealing with you in humility, loving you and caring for you. We will deal with people in love. Joy. You have a joyful spirit. Perhaps rejoice evermore. Yes. That's the doctrine of righteousness. You display God. All those things are for you to display God. To display righteousness, the righteousness of God wherever you go. And that's what the gospel is about. Romans chapter, chapter 1, verse 16. Verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. It says, for in the, in the gospel, therein in the gospel is the righteousness of God, revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In the gospel, so if you're hearing the word of God right, you will hear the righteousness of God is revealed to you. You see the righteousness of God and how he has made you his righteousness. Made you, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sent forth to display God wherever you go. Display his deeds of love. Display his character of humility. Display his character of patience and kindness and gentleness and temperance. That's your life. That's your life. Hallelujah. So I, I see you being fed. And I see you feeding others. Father, thank you for your children's lives. Thank you for your blessing. The rain of your blessings. The rain of your word that has fallen upon us this evening. Thank you that these words are working in our hearts. And causing us to see the beauties of your holiness. And the beauties of your love. We are grateful for this opportunity. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.